Hey guys, we are live with episode 321 of the Shooter's Mindset. We have awesome, awesome repeat guests. Everybody's a repeat guest tonight, but they're all here for very good reason. We've got Austin Orgain. How's it going? Going good. Allison Zane. Hi. And Mark Cooper. Mark. Peace. <laughs> and our co-host tonight is Greg Cannon. Hey, everyone. How's it going? So tonight we're going to get into the intros a little bit different because if you watch the show at all, you've seen the long intro of how did you get into shooting from each of these people. So we've brought all y'all back on the show for a very specific reason. So let's just talk about the season and the finale. And I want you to each one at a time, tell us what division you won for the season. Cause that's why you're here. So we'll start with you, Austin. I uh, won the open division. The golden bullet. Golden bullet. Overall. All right. Okay, Allison. Um, for the season, I won a top amateur, top lady and top junior. And top rookie yeah. of the year, right? Oh, uh, yeah, and I also got a uh, rookie of the year. Very good. And Mark, how about you? Well, I was only able to, to uh, pull away with top tactical. I didn't get top anything else. I don't have a list. I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> you you can't all be as cool as Allison. Right. <laughs> She's like, y'all are right? kill me today. <laughs> You know, right. if, if we uh if we do the show again next year i know the whole thing's always ladies first but it's I, i'm sorry mark that you had to go after her on that one that was a hard one to follow up so maybe we'll let her go last next year on the what did he win for real better idea i'm telling you so we all just came back from the finale the prs for anybody that doesn't um follow PRS because all of our followers are not PRS shooters. So anybody that is not a PRS shooter, we just had the PRS finale, which is the end of the season. Um, so all season long, it's a points race um, based on your finish of every match. And then you qualify for the finale. And then with the finale scores, then they decide the winner for all of the divisions. Um, so we just finished that match. And so what was for, I'm going to have each of you answer this. How did it go for you, the finale? And what was the biggest challenge for you? Who's starting? We'll start with Mark this time. Oh, awesome. That's, that's great. Well, uh, the biggest challenge for me, obviously, was that crazy sand spur thing. I got a sand spur in every single piece of clothing I had on. That thing sucks. So, you Oki boys, y'all got something going on down there. Uh, I'm actually going to end the weather on day two up. was. <laughs> the, the weather on day two, as you guys know, was terrible for us and uh, was terrible for me, especially. Uh, I'm a big sissy when it comes to the cold, and uh, we never shoot in the the wind like you guys train in and shoot in and stuff and so man that 17 mile an hour wind that i captured at one time was was crazy you know i i might get a four mile an hour wind here and so that was pretty tough for me i agree how about you 
Allison? Um, so for the math, I thought it went pretty well. Um, being with my first like finale, um, I was pretty happy with my performance. Uh, day one, it was definitely my better day to two. Probably just because it wasn't as crappy of weather. Um, but I think day one I ended up dropping like 13 points, which I was really happy with. Um, and then day two, uh, weather was really crappy. As we, as we all know, so uh, kind of trying to get through that and trying to keep focus was definitely a really big challenge to the weekend, um, which even on day two, I think that for the most part, I kind of kept together. Um, so overall, I was pretty happy. And then I don't really think there really wasn't like a main challenge of the weekend, but the weather was definitely a big thing. I said, um, getting off every stage, my hands are frozen, stinging, um, and then the wind, I don't usually shoot wind, usually uh, in the northeast, kind of Penn, Ohio area, it's like a two miles per hour to five, five when it's bad, usually, um, and then, like, another thing that kind of came up, especially on day two, is, like, some of the barricades are a little... Uh, call for me. Usually that's not that big of a deal. I just shoot off my tippy toes all the time. I'm kind of used to it. But uh, with the uh, with the weather and the like 9 to 15 miles per wind wasn't, wasn't always the most stable thing on a barricade. So those definitely were some of the challenges that I ran into on a, a finale. I agree with you. I mean Austin, when you talk, maybe you can answer this because you're used to shooting in that wind, but like I would get on a barricade and be, the gun would be completely stable, except the wind was blowing me and the gun like this. And I'm like, I can't get the, the sight picture still because the wind was literally pushing the gun. It's crazy. I don't know how you fix that. Yeah, just have happy or Free recoil and stuff like that. Mm. Then you can't see when you miss. If you do it right, you can. If if you if you position yourself right and you get the right press with each hand, you can see still with a free recoil. Hmm. So, what was your biggest challenge, Austin, and how did the finale go for you? So, I shot a rifle match in 2016 in Nebraska. It's if anybody if if you were there it's like a rite of passage it's like you went through something with somebody because it was miserable just like that was after that match i told myself i'd never get caught without the right gear so i had all of my cabela's guide gear i had kuyu i had everything warm that i could have and layered good so i really i mean besides your hands getting a little bit cold i wasn't too cold on sunday so i prepared for that um and really I shot pretty well day one, uh, not outstanding, but as far as I didn't make any mental mistakes, I felt like I broke really good shots. So I, I didn't really feel like I could do a lot more with day one. On day two, a lot of it was just visibility, finding, seeing targets, and not ever necessarily seeing targets, but seeing where you're hitting targets. It was really hard to tell what side of the plate you're on whenever it's snowing like that, or, or even if you miss, it's really hard to tell where you're missing when you're down the scope on glass. So that's probably I agree my with, biggest challenge. I agree with that too. The visibility was rough, especially the last stage for us. I don't know about everybody else, but that was 
Well, and our first stage was rough too, though, wasn't it, Allison? Yeah, first stage was bad. We shot the mover first thing day two, and it was it was pretty rough seeing that. At least that target was black. Yeah. These these little grayish things we couldn't see. Oof. Yeah, the diamonds were a little rough on the first stage. Uh, the tank traps. I was I was just shooting them like here. Nope, next target <laughs> came back. Not there either. <laughs> then I got like the third shot that I didn't get, and, and then I didn't get it again after that. I'm like, I'm like at least I hit it once. <laughs> <laughs> the visibility was crazy to me. It was, it was yeah. a challenge. It was interesting though. It was cool to get to shoot in it because I've never shot in weather like that for sure. Yeah. So. Well, I don't uh, necessarily say I can't say I shoot in snow a lot because it's already snowed more this year than it probably has in the last three or four years in Oklahoma. But. I should get to shoot in the wind quite a bit, so that wasn't really that that big of a deal. I thought the wind on day two was not as bad as on day one, because at least on day two it was pretty consistent. It was. Maybe, it maybe I'm crazy, consistent. but it stayed like I dialed point eight in and left it, and then I was just holding center. Yeah. Um, but day one, it was like I don't know, it just kept changing. Well, and honestly, the wind for day one and for us, that was pretty rare to have that little of wind. You know, you were down to four and six miles an hour for the whole second half of the day. And usually about noon is, is when the wind really starts picking up and blowing hard. That was pretty rare. You know, like I said, calm before the storm. I mean, somebody turned the fans off so the wind stopped. Right. Yeah. Flip the switch. <laughs> That's right. Turn the switch off. There's, for those of you that weren't there, there's huge windmills back there <laughs> that like surround the back of the range. Yeah. But, so we were joking that the fans were causing the wind, which they weren't, but anyway. So Austin, you won the AG Cup and the Golden Bullet this year. Yep. How did you manage to consistently shoot so well? I mean, I think everybody can, you know, even like you think about golf, like different people win different things, but it's a huge deal for a golfer to win more than one major. So it's kind of the same thing. How did you manage to consistently shoot so well? And then what tips do you have for mere mortals like me? <laughs> well, to be really honest, um, you know, I've, I've had my gear lined out for a while. I, I, what I, I trust what I run. I run because I trust it. Um, I did switch one thing this year. I switched over to the Hornady A-tips. You know, I kind of wanted to deny them. I didn't want to use them, but I started using them and, and, you know, the consistency with those bullets is outstanding. So that's, that's a big part of it because I can trust exactly where the bullet's going. Um, another part of it is just with us starting the JTAC training class um, and all of us helping other people and seeing what they struggle with has for me helped my game a lot. Um, even in just training. I mean, I think I've learned as much training guys as I have probably taught them. And I think I've just gotten to the point where I'm, I'm able to stay mentally focused for the entire match. And that's what it takes to finish consistently. I just, it, I'm just fortunate that two of the matches that I was able to win this year, because you can shoot good and consistently and still not win. There is, whenever you're on that level and you have a lot of good guys there, there's there's an element of luck to it and just, you know, some of the timing. And, and luckily for me, the timing was just right on both of these matches and I was able to be consistent enough to win them both. Uh, well, I mean, 
you say that, but the golden bullet is really like the whole season you did, you know? That's true, yeah. It's kind of a, it's very consistent, very interesting, so. That, that is really true. The, the, the thing you said about, you know, teaching people helps you better yourself, you know, because a, a lot of us are smarter than we think. And, you know, you, when you're trying to teach, especially a smart person, when you're trying to teach a smart person, they're going to ask you questions that make you question yourself. Yep. You know, like, you know, they'll say, well, you know, why do you want your knee perfectly vertical in this position? And, you know, you're like, well, because that's the way you do it. And then that goes into, you know, bone on bone on bone, solid support points. And your, your mind just kind of starts thinking about all this other stuff as you try to explain stuff to people. And well, then yeah. off of that, you think of something else. Well, absolutely. And, and a lot of it is, you'll be doing something and somebody asks you, why are you doing that? And you, you just do it. You don't even know that you do it, but you do it. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of brings that to your attention. And now that's on your mind and you're like, okay, I am doing that right now. And I'm, I consistently hit more targets when I do this. So I need to do this all the time. So then that's in your mind. And, and so you mm -hmm. just the small things that you don't realize that, that a lot of us take for granted that other people might, you know, not know or might not notice that we can, um, uh, make light of and then start concentrating on that. I think that's, you know, every little bit helps when you're, when you're at the top of the game, every little bit helps one point here and there, one point over an entire match makes all the difference in the world. Mm -hmm. And see, for me, it's the opposite. Someone will be like, you know, a lot of times when I run my little NRL 22 match, if there's a stage, everyone's like, Oh man, this one looks mean. I'm like, guys, I don't care. I'll go first. I'll show you how to do it, whatever. So it's like, why do you do that? I'm like, Oh, I wasn't supposed to do that. I probably would have hit the targets if I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. So now that you've accomplished both of those things, right? AG cup and golden bullet are like the two big ones. So what are your right. goals for 2021? What do you want to uh, accomplish next uh, year? You know, my goals don't change. I want to win. Um, I want to travel. I want to be consistent. I want to win. Um, it'd be awesome to do it again next year. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a dummy. I know that the, the odds are very unlikely of it happening again, but, but Hey, like I said, you just got to stay consistent. And, and then when the timing's right, whenever you hit the big ones, you got a chance. That's awesome. It's uh, it'd be something to do it two years in a row, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it would be. We'll see. I mean, I, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not retiring. I've, I've got a job now that allows me to be home during the week and, and off on the weekends and some vacation to where I can travel. And, uh, you know, I'm probably not going to hit as many matches next year, not going to quite travel as much. Being from Oklahoma and in the central part of the state, I don't have to travel far to hit a lot of matches um, this year. This year I went to Wisconsin. I traveled a little bit, went to Tennessee, went to California and hit some of those stuff just to, just to kind of get out and get to other parts of the state. Actually, uh, I kind of started a thing a couple of years ago that I want to at least hit one match in a state I've never been to. Uh, and I had never been to California or Wisconsin. So I went ahead and went to both of those this year and covered that and had a, had a blast at both places. So. That's awesome. I did that too. I started like, if I'm going to fly to a match, I want it to be somewhere I've never gone in a match I've never done. So yeah, exactly. That's fun. Greg, you got any live? I do. Uh, oh, and we moved on. Eric said someone wake up Cooper. Someone poke him. <laughs> oh, he blinked. He's alive. Um, and Carrie said, how about that Coop made podiums this season with a 308? Um, pretty much like shooting with one hand tied behind your back. 
Um, we talked about that a lot when he was on the show. Um, it was supposed to be 308. I think it ended up being 309 or something like that. But um, that was definitely impressive. Yeah, that, that finish at uh, K&M was impressive. Because it's, mm-hmm. like it's not like that was any uh, easy match, man. There's a bunch of good people there to finish that. Locked out of the 308s. That's good. Cool. Um, Mike Bell said, question for everybody. Equipment-wise, what do you know now that you wish you would have known starting out in PRS-style shooting? Um, he's asking because he's soon to be a beginner in our sport. For me, it's uh, get with somebody that you know and trust that, you know, consistent good shooters that have their gear lined out and figure out what they're running. Um, you know, there's there's tons of good companies out there now that make good gear. Just figure out, go, you know, get on somebody's gun, go shoot it. Another thing, and, and you can tell people this till, they're, till you're blue in the face, but it's buy once, cry once. Don't think that you can cheap out on any part of your gear and get what you want because you're going to end up cheaping out on it and you're going to go buy it. And then you're going to say, man, this is just really better. So then you have to sell that thing that you bought for a loss and then buy what you're going to buy in the first place. Just get all the good stuff in the first place. Hey, I've done that a lot of times. Hey, if you don't have the money to get it, save up a little bit longer and get, the, get, get what you want the first time. How about you, Allison? Um, I mean, that's kind of a hard question for me to answer, especially because when I got into sport, uh, it was more like my dad, he kind of went through the whole, um, the whole process of, you know, what to buy, what to do this. But probably something to do is like, make sure whatever you're going to get is going to work for you. Because I know for different shooters and different people, uh, different things work. Like I shoot a chassis, but some people they like shooting stocks just you have to make sure that whatever you buy works for you and not just because it works for you know somebody else mark how about you uh for me that's actually a pretty easy answer uh if I could take all the knowledge that I have now from what I when I started until this point, if I could take all the money that I feel like I would have wasted, uh, I would have put it into a training class. You know, K&M offers a bunch of training classes. JTAC's coming out with some. And I know uh, Clay and all them guys are training. Dude, if you want to really get the best bang for your buck, don't go out there and try to teach yourself how to do precision rifle. And don't go out there and buy a bunch of gear like Austin said, because you'll just end up regretting that you bought it. You'll spend money somewhere else. Man, go to a training class where, you know, they have the best instructors in the world. And go out there and learn from them guys. And each one of those guys, each instructor, everybody at the class will have different rifles, different scopes, different bags, uh, all kinds of different gear that you can try. Anybody that you've ever been to the, the K&M classes, you, you know, everybody takes the time You get a half a day there to where you just have a range day. Everybody gets together. They try different stuff. They shoot it. They see what they like. They see what they don't like. And then, see what, like I said, see what works for them. Um, because, man, I have bought so many bags and bought so many rifles and scopes. And, you know, for me, hands down, is the, you know, the Armageddon gear bag. I mean, I, it's not for everyone, but um, – I think it is the most outstanding thing there is out there. And I mean, that's why that's the only thing I use. But if I hadn't been to somewhere where I had one of those at my disposable to use, I may not know that. I may go out there and get a Walmart hefty bag and put some sand in it and call it a day. So 
uh, for me, that's that's what it is. You know, go and you know be around the top guys, top girls. Um, you know, learn from them. Let them teach you, and get the opportunity to to try everything. Yep, I agree with that. What other lives you got? Oh, um, um, where'd it go? Derek said Allison should shoot a 308 next year, so this way she could just go ahead and take all the trophies. Please don't do that. I can't lose a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Mark. Yeah. He's like, no. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Mark, your goal was to win – Tack and you met it. What now? Are you going to kind of try and defend your title? Are you think about changing calipers for next season? Uh, honestly, man, I'm telling you, uh, uh, I was up in the air, you know, really about what I was going to do next year. And honestly, I still am. I've got to talk to George and uh, Neil Davies at Hornady and, you know, just really talk to them and see what they need from a, a sponsored shooter. Um, but for myself, man, every time I pulled that trigger this year, and I pulled it a lot, uh, it's like a small dynamite stick going off in my face. And so I really <laughs> like the opportunity to, uh, you know, get something a little smaller maybe. Uh, and like I said, man, you know, going out and hanging out with the guys and seeing these Oklahoma guys and some of the Northeast guys and even some of the Southeast guys, you know, coming up and winning matches. And, um, and me just being right out of reach from doing that. Uh, it makes me wish that I might, you know, uh, could compete with them. And honestly, I would have said I never could have. But, man, I, I really pulled a feather out of the rabbit's head, if you will, at that college match. And, you know, I pulled out a second-place finish, which was – it. not only did it blow my mind, I think it blew everybody's mind there. Uh, mm -hmm. And I was very fortunate, like, uh, you know, like Austin says, man, you really got to get into focus and you got to have a, you know, a good mental game all weekend. And I think that's – 100% the reason I was able to hold on to that. But uh, I would really like to be a a threat, if you will, to the top guys. And I'm just afraid with the 308, man. It's just I've developed bad habits with it. Uh, I've developed a bad flinch. I've gotten to where I can't see Trace hardly anymore. Uh, and I would like to, you know, fine-tune that. Now, however, Matt Steiner has thrown down the gauntlet a little bit. He's trying to come after me. So I might have to come out of retirement a couple times just to, uh, you know, shut them Northeast boys down a little bit. I heard he might be going. Sure. I heard Matt might be going the 308 ways. <laughs> Who knows? I think it'd be cool if it got shaken up and there were a lot of guys shooting tack. We're girls. Uh, or girls. I always, thought, I always thought it'd be pretty fun. I thought it'd be fun to try it. Maybe you should try that next year, Austin. See. I think I think they ought to have one or two matches next year where everybody has to shoot a three oh eight. Just just tack, tack rules. Everybody's got to shoot. Three oh eight or two two three. Just to change it up. Absolutely. No, just just three oh eight only. Just make it yeah. everybody's shooting the same thing. Make a weight restriction on the rifle so you can't build a thirty five pound rifle. Yep, 30 pound weight limit. You'd make some boys cry. Fun. I might cry. I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Allison, it's your first full year in the PRS, and you have basically blown everybody away. Like, you won a match overall, a two day match. 
you won the ladies division and the junior division and the amateur division and rookie of the year and you basically gave all the boys and girls a run for their money right so where do you go from here what are your goals in 2021 now um so from here i'm kind of just going to continue doing what i'm doing and shoot the one day regional series two day pro series uh continue my 22 stuff so like the nrl 22 nrl 22x the prs um 22 matches and then next year uh i've talked to my parents about it a little bit but i think we're considering um me shooting the ag cup next year uh, nice we're definitely le leaning towards it uh, i'm not 100% sure yet but i definitely want to do it so i think it'd just be a really great experience to it definitely is just it's to kind of see where um i'd kind of where i'd be with all with all like the tough competition there i do think that um it would really be a cool experience for me as a shooter and I think it kind of helped me build my platform a little bit more to kind of empower the sport for like ladies and juniors and kind of show them like, if I can do this, anybody can do this. Um, yeah, and I really think that's important that we get more ladies and juniors in the sport and getting them up to like choosing these two day matches and getting into these bigger matches. Yeah, that would be awesome to see you on Shooting USA holding that big cup with some fireworks going on behind you <laughs> yeah there was uh there was definitely a lot of talk about it at the ag cup um this year i think one of my favorite questions to ask somebody after they you know they're like yeah you know i came in third on on day two and you know i'm shooting great i'm like so are you scared allison's gonna beat you next year <laughs> i don't know about that the answer was universally uh yes by the way <laughs> I mean, you did have an ARS meme made about you, so there's that. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Oh, I missed that, that one. I better look for it. That took me a that took me a little while uh, to understand what that was <laughs> for a second. My parents showed me, and I'm like, "Huh?" And then they showed me the video. And I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> it was it was a uh, definitely uh, it was it was it was cool." But uh, yeah, so. Back to my like, yeah, asking about my goals for 2021. Um, probably just to gain more experience. Like, I've only like, it's, this is my first year doing the two day stuff, so I like to get to some new matches. I'm not going to shoot all the same matches next year. Um, I don't want to shoot and win, uh, so I want to get more experience with that in different terrains, conditions, definitely next year, and then, um. Probably to, I want to improve next year. So like this year I end up 27th in the series. So next year maybe I'll get 26. I just want to, I want to try to keep improving and from every match to match have one thing that I improved on. So, yeah. Very, very good. Very well thought out goals. So Keith Baker said, yes, shoot the cup. And no, he's not scared. He gets beat by you all the time already. <laughs> all right so we talked about uh jtac a little while ago um so actually conveniently enough right now 9 30 a post just went live on the shooter's mindset facebook page um if you go and like jtac 
and like and share and comment on that post on Facebook, you're going to be entered into a drawing for 50% off of a training class by JTAC. Um, we'll have our drawing next, next show, um, which may or may not be next week. I just had a light bulb go off in my head. Next week is Christmas. Week after that is New Year's. We are not having a show next week because I am not doing one on Christmas. You can do one the week of Christmas. Nobody wants However, to actually. I am taking the week off, so I'm declaring right now that we will not have a show next week. All right, so maybe the, maybe the week after we'll do that. Um, but that's just more time for everybody to like this post, share this post, comment on this post. Um, go over, check out the JTAC page um, and get entered in for this drawing. Um, Austin, you want to talk a little bit about what the JTAC experience would be like for somebody that happens to win this? Yeah, so uh, you'll come out, you'll come to Oklahoma. We'll be in, depending on uh, kind of the time of year and uh, which range we'll be at, one of our classes will be at Falbor where the finale was uh, hosted. Obviously, we haven't had a training class there in quite a while because of the finale being there. Uh, the other place is at uh, Clay Blackheader, his parents, uh, have land that, that is arranged that their matches were hosted on this year. It's actually about 15 miles from my house, so it's really convenient when it's there. You're going to get fed a good lunch when we have it at Clay's. You're going to get a home-cooked beef. You get burgers. Uh, on the second day, you're going to get a steak dinner. Um, we'll have uh, catered food when we're doing adjustments. Uh, you're going to get everything that you're going to need to know. You're going to get all the tools that we can give you to improve your score. And we tell people, even – experienced guys that come in, we tell them, if we can get you five points a match, how big is that? If we can get you three points a match, how big is that? And, and, you know, obviously some people are going to be more. We've had a lot of success with people taking their class. Actually, uh, Quinn Rogers, which is a good buddy of all of ours and an Oklahoma shooter, he came and took our class, uh, the last class we had before the finale, shot the finale and uh, moved up. I'm not, I don't remember what place he got in the finale match uh fourth or fifth and then uh, ended up moving up and get a top 10 bullet so he he took a class now he's got a top 10 bullet which he shot he's a good shooter he was a good shooter to begin with but just some of the things that we were able to help him with some of the mindsets um some of the thought processes before going on is going to help his game and i, I really do think he's going to be a contender next year he's going to be right there with all of us like a good shooter so Man, I wish I could. It's going to be two days. First, uh, first day, we're going to be a little bit of classroom. We're going to ask questions uh, for all the guys there, guys or girls, what they want to learn from the class, and we'll go over it. And, and you know, we'll be there. We'll be there until nobody wants to shoot anymore. Well, this last class, we still tell dark both days. Told them there's something that we didn't cover or that you want to work on more. Just pull us aside. We're there, we're there for, the, for the guys taking the class. You promise weather, like, at the finale? <laughs> can't promise that but our last class we did get to shoot in 30 mile hour winds and we did have people get first round impacts at distance in a 30 mile an hour wind and it was so cool to watch people do that and how amazed they were that they could do that after just a little bit of training um, no but no i'm not going to promise snow and stuff like that but 90 percent chances are going to be some wind I'm going to take my match shirt and where it says finale 2020, I'm going to write above it with like a paint marker. I survived. <laughs> hey, I got the, the, the cricket over here. If you want an iron on, <laughs> make that for you. 
Maybe. You got any lives? Yeah. So Ruth said, Allison, you're awesome. Definitely not just anyone, though. Keep doing your thing. Um, um, and then uh, Wesley was asking Mark when he's heading to uh, the match at KM on the 19th, and he stated that he pretty much lives there, and now we all know why his internet's garbage. Do you even, do you even get internet, like, when we're all there, like, during – say the gap grind is your house just do you lose all service for that but um, yes, we do. <laughs> but uh he also said uh he's got a lot of reloading to do he's going to be up there thursday to start practicing um and he wants to know if you got any tips since it's going to be his first match yes sir pay attention watch the guys watch and girls watch everybody that is shooting before you um, ask questions, man. This is a very open community. We're very nice. Everybody here wants to reach out and touch everybody, man. Um, everybody wants to win, of course, but everybody also wants to win by beating everybody else when they're at their best. Most of the shooters here, I would say, feels the same way. And they don't want to, they don't want to win a match uh, because they told you a bad win call or they told you something that you didn't need to know or something that were hurting you. Everybody here wants to see the next person succeed, and they just want to, you know, to help everybody. So get out there, man, and watch these other guys, you know, and if, um, you know, ask them questions, man. Hey, man, why did you set up on that barricade the way you did? Or why did you go use a bipod there instead of using a bag or vice versa? So just ask questions, man, and, you know, be proactive. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Tell people, tell people it's your first time. Show up with an open mind and humble. You know, you could literally walk up to someone and be like, hey, I'm brand new. You know, I have absolutely no clue what's going on. And people will be telling you what to do. They'll be like, oh, no, you don't want to – here, use, use this piece of gear of mine. You know, this, this $300 doohickey, use this little thing in the bobber. Um, and they'll, they'll get you through it. So that's the biggest thing is be open-minded, ask questions, talk to people. Everyone will be there to uh, – <clears throat> To, to help you out. Um, Regina said the JTAC training was great, but she's not going again if uh, Justin is in charge of the weather. <laughs> yeah. She wasn't happy with Justin. I, I mean, and she told him that. She was like, I don't like you right now with this weather. <laughs> so uh, Kevin from Shook. I'm sure he didn't want it either. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anyone that's like, man, this is beautiful weather. I really want to be outside in this. Um, so from our show sponsor, GSL Suppressors, Kevin said, if your weapon's like a stick of dynamite going off, you should probably check into GSL Suppressors. We're making a lot more human-like. Um, one more question, real quick one, um, from Mike Bell. Another soon-to-be beginner question, MOA or Mills? Mills. 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 A lot easier to die. I told you, Mike, to call me and we'll talk. But Mills, MOA and Mills are all good, but everybody in PRS talks in Mills. So, yeah, yeah. That'd, be, that'd be like standing there with a tape measure and you know, you ask somebody, you know, how long you want this board cut, and they say, I, I want 327 millimeters, and you're like, All right, how many inches is that? They both do the same thing, but we all, we all speak Mills. Yeah, it's also much faster dialing Mills. Like, I used to shoot MOA when I first started. <laughs> And even my dad still shoots MOA, and he's dialing to, like, 11 MOA on, like, he just keeps going and going and going on his scope. Yeah, everybody, everybody makes fun of him because he's just, like, going, continues going, just 
without without uh with the nanosecond part times we shoot now a lot it's not the most uh not the best thing to go with <laughs> mm -hmm. especially when you need to dial that much true all right next question um what's everyone's favorite stage of the finale we'll start with you on this one jen um i think the mover because i cleaned it how far out was it 4 30 it was like two shots at a 400 yard target she shot two shots at the mover two shots at a five something two shots at the mover two shots at a six something two shots at the mover it was fun allison um i like the uh helicopter stage where you had to shoot um two shots off the top of the helicopter and then there was like three on a lower position that was like more inside the helicopter which i kind of i think it was more meant to be a uh like a modified prone stage but i ended up having to shoot with a bag because uh, i couldn't reach the top of the uh, helicopter all the way so i ended up just using a game changer and my uh fat bag from Armageddon again gear and just ran it like i would a positional stage and it worked out really well Awesome. Mark, what was yours? What's the question? Your favorite stage of the finale. I don't think I had a favorite stage of that finale. <laughs> <laughs> no? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't enjoy not one second of that. Um, what was your best stage then? I guess the best, I guess my most favorite stage if I had to pick one was actually the long range stage. Everybody got up there and was walking away with ones and twos. And I'm like, man, this can't be that hard. And uh, I dropped my very first shot, but since I do shoot a boom cannon, uh, I was able to pick it up right away. I made an adjustment and uh, I ended up finishing uh, with an eight on that stage. Very good. Austin. Um, I actually really liked the stage. See, it'd been two stages after the tower where you had to shoot one shot per target and then go to a TYL. That um, was fun. I, I like that stage. It was a lot of fun. You know, you don't just have to sit there and shoot two shots at one target, but you got to have kind of have your win figured out going out. And then, uh, and then I really like TYLs. I don't know. I don't know if anybody knows this or not, but I like to shoot TYLs. So is that because you do it well or <laughs> yeah i guess i do we, we shoot them quite a bit in oklahoma they're, they're a lot of fun um it it's really surprising a lot of people aren't that good at shooting tyls <laughs> i like a tyl until you get a really small one that, that's the thing you still gotta you gotta like it when small one comes up too yeah i like them if they're in the right order and the right order is big to small agreed at least the first time through. I mean, if you want to reverse it coming back through, you should have it figured out by then. But no, that would be cool. I, have I shot a stage like that? Oh yeah, where you where you go big to small and then turn around and go small to big. Yeah, like yeah, I've done that before. That that's but fun. To, but... to me, the worst way to shoot a TYL is to go one, two, three, four, five, 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 five. I hate yeah. shooting TYLs like that. Yeah. Because yeah. I would still rather that than five, four, three, two, one. 
I mean, even at that, if you miss your first shot on the small one and maybe your second shot, you should still be able to get the last ones. No, it was a hit to move on. It was, oh. it was then that's that's a little different. Yeah, that's different. yeah, that that one wasn't fun. Yeah. All right. Oh. So a question for everybody on live from from Charlie. Which match that you shot this year was the most challenging? Start with Allison. Ooh, uh, the Hornady match in Utah. That one uh, was a little rough. <laughs> it was windy, uh, and it was really cold in the morning. It got really hot in the afternoon, but it was just like this switchy wind, but it was a lot of wind. So, and at that time, I didn't really have that much experience. I, I still don't have that much experience with wind, but it was definitely a very challenging match. Austin? I'm going to say the most challenging match I shot this year was probably Wisconsin. Um, it was a pretty tough course of fire. Some of the stages, you know, a lot of the targets were in tree lines and uh, pretty hard to tell where you're missing. Uh, there wasn't a lot of wind up there, so that wasn't too big of an issue. There was a blind stage. And then uh, probably the most difficult part of it was is the storm was coming in on day two, so they shortened the time limits to try to get done before the storm came in. So it was 75-second time limits on some uh, – a lot of movement and positional 10 round stages. So I think you were there, Allison, weren't you? What'd you think yeah. about it? I like the 75 second part times with the lots of positional. I'm more of a positional shooter. I don't like shooting prone just because we don't shoot a lot. She like, complained all weekend. Yeah, Another prone weekend. stage and I'm like, shut up, Allison. <laughs> so hey, this this is a big argument, right? And and some people feel some ways than the other, but I feel like you can teach anybody to shoot positional in a very short amount of time. It takes a lot of time and finesse to be able to shoot consistently prone. That's reading wind, reading bullets on plate. And I know a lot of places don't have that option, you know, at East because, uh, you know, you have to get creative to make matches interesting because you don't have a lot of prone and can shoot a bunch of different directions. Whereas out here, most places we can shoot several different directions and make prone stages hard. And I, I enjoy, I enjoy shooting positional too, but I really love a good prone heavy match. Let me get my bipod down. Yeah, up here, uh, they, they're just like, you're better off just leaving your bipod at home. Yeah. I think I shot more. That 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 finale was uh, more prone than I think I shot my entire season uh, regionally. <laughs> Probably. Dang. How about you, Mark? Favorite uh, match. My most. Or hardest. Oh, favorite. Hardest. Sorry, yes. hardest. Well, besides the finale, um, of course, I'd say it was the Punisher positional. Uh, their last place was phenomenal. I really loved it. Uh, but that was my first time ever shooting in wind. And just watching – you could actually watch the wind move across the grass, and that was pretty cool. Uh, that, um, that amazes me that – That was pretty <laughs> tough for me. That that's, the, that's the most wind you guys have shot in like that, seeing that, because it's just every day. We, you know, it's kind of weird, though. We come east and don't shoot in any wind, and it's all, almost harder for us to come east and not shoot in any wind and wind. It's like, what's this holding on target thing? Yeah, we get a lot more, uh, like, switchy head or tailwinds, which definitely makes it difficult because you'll get up there and somebody will shoot two or three tenths left, and then two seconds later it's 
uh, straight up or two or three tenths right. <laughs> yes, switch switchy wins is always just. You know. I will say, yeah, switchy is harder. But the one thing that um, was good about the finale is snow is a very good indicator or sleet of wind. <laughs> You could just watch and see which way it was coming down. <laughs> yep. Jen, what was your hardest? I don't know. I shot Wisconsin and Wyoming and thought they were both pretty tough. But it probably Wyoming or, or, or Utah, the um, Hornady, probably because of that been hiking and I kind of thought I was going to die because I'm old. Mine, I did not shoot as much as probably any of you guys this season, but my hardest match was my first match at uh, Frontline in the snow. So I, I started off the season in the snow, and it was a much prettier snow there. But I learned all sorts of funky things that that does to everything you're seeing through that scope, and that was probably the biggest. Besides for the small targets and the not super easy stages, it was – there was funky winds going on. There was all sorts of weird light refractions going on with everything being white. So that one definitely ate my lunch. That's crazy. Um, what do you think, and this will be for everybody to answer, um, just take turns, whoever wants to go first. What was your biggest hurdle getting to where you're at today? Because you've all made huge accomplishments in the sport, right? And some of so, you in a very short time. Yeah. So, but what was your biggest hurdle to get where you are today or one thing that you struggled with and once you accomplished it, you, it kind of moved you to the next level. Oh, you want to start. You go ahead. Um, for me, it was not beating myself. It was eliminating all the mental mistakes. Um, I, I felt like I shot pretty well. When I first kind of started shooting, it just felt pretty natural to me, but it was always just one or two things that you would do, not dialing dope right or um, not having your data wrote down right and things like that. When you, For me, when I quit beating myself is whenever I really started seeing the difference. Yeah, um, probably for me, it would be um, like any sort of just like – mentally so like kind of having confidence in my shooting and not letting a bad stage get in my head so like when I especially like this year since I started shooting these bigger matches kind of with those bigger matches came more difficult uh they more difficult and more pressure to kind of shoot well so definitely that pressure that I always thought you know people expect the things of me coming into that and I think once I kind of gain more confidence in myself and um, kind of just, yeah, basically gain, gain more confidence in my shooting and kind of shot every stage as its own stage. And when, when a bad stage happened, just moving on and forgetting about it or letting that stage kind of push me to work harder for the rest of the match and focus even more. I think once I kind of kind of got over that mental block that I, I was getting, um, I think I was able to really kind of just 
go and shoot and not worry as much and not stress out as much over things that I shouldn't be stressed out about. Mark, how about you? Well, my biggest hurdle was um, putting a time in that it takes to be able to be a competitive shooter. Um, I have a full-time job, which most of us do, if not all of us. And uh, the only time I could get in to actually get some rounds in would be that, uh, first thing in the morning. So I would be up five days a week at K&M, shooting anywhere from 50 to 100 rounds a day. And, man, when you work all day, you don't get very much sleep. You know, I've got wife and kids and stuff, got family duties too. But then I have to be at the range at daylight and then at work, you know, two hours later. Man, that took a toll on me. It really did. Um, but I honestly believe that this year I've cut a lot of that out. And I was able to hold on to the, the training set that I got in from the beginning. And so now the, the challenge that I had this year was – managing that recoil of that gun um the first gun that uh the rifle that george built for me was a it weighed 15 pounds and man every time i shot that thing it, like i said man it feels like it kicked me in the face and so it, it took a long time and a lot of training a lot of rounds down range to try to manage that and be able to see what i needed to see down range to, to get impacts on target very good that is a uh... I think recoil management is something that everybody struggles with, even if they don't want to admit. I don't think everybody manages their recoil as they should. I think some people do and they don't, you know, I be able to really see what they need to see. I thought I did at first. And it's like, oh, you know, going from, you know, three guns shoot fast, miss fast. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a pretty good job. Like I almost saw the target in the glass there. Then I realized that as I get better, I could get where when I pull the trigger, I don't even move the crosshair or the hold off a target. And it's just like, oh, wow, I definitely had room for improvement. And I didn't even know it. I thought I was perfect before because it was so much better than what I was doing previous to getting into the sport. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Talking about recoil management, just, just doing the classes, you see that probably 90% of the people, if not more, will – when you, they shoot and you ask them what side of the plate they're on, we'll call the opposite side. And that comes back to the recoil management and be able to spot the shots. I mean, I, it, it is 90 to 95% of the people, you'll, you'll say, where did you hit that? And they may hit it on the left and they'll tell you right every time. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. So I have a question someone sent me. They want to know what ballistic app or what um, Kestrel or – uh, applied ballistics, what do y'all use for your ballistic calculator? So I've been running a Kestrel with applied ballistics up until about halfway through this year, maybe a little longer. And then now I use uh, the Hornady Fordoff app on my phone in conjunction with the Kestrel. It seems like the, uh, the Hornady Fordoff lines up a lot better at longer distances than the applied ballistics ever did. How about you, Mark? The same, actually. I do the same thing. Uh, I shoot the A-tips, and uh, like Austin says, it's the, the Kestrel's great, and but that uh, the Fordop app um, just, you know, makes it just a little bit better to where it lines up with those A-tips a lot better. Sure. 
How about you, Allison? I just use a Kestrel. Yeah, for basically for the two years I've been shooting, I just been using a Kestrel to get my doubt for both Semifire and Twenty Two. Sweet. I use a Kestrel too. That's all I have. <laughs> hey, that, that, that Ford off app is nice because you can go in and you can put multiple targets in on your chart and have them all in. You can set all your target directions the same. And actually, I just learned this, I don't know, a few weeks ago or a little less. Clay Blackheader is the one that showed me. I was putting them in one target at a time, but you can do it there where you can put all your targets in, set all your directions the same, set all your wind angles the same. And, you know, if you have a troop line or a single target or whatever, it's so much faster than the Kestrel. Sweet. So there we go. Jen says, I just use a Kestrel. I don't have no fancy Kestrel. I got the, the little geoballistics wind meter and the geoballistics app. And I mean, it works. It, 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 honestly, it works pretty good, but I definitely need to upgrade to a Kestrel. So for all y'all that while I was, you know, lounging out in the backyard and Jim sorts in a t-shirt, reading my reading my book and you know hanging out here in this nice georgia weather we're out there shooting this finale would you rather shoot another match in the exact same conditions of the finale with this 25 mile an hour wind and snow and sleet and obstacles icing up and i think jen's bolt at one point in time got iced open or come down here to georgia the middle of the summer it's 110 degrees the humidity is 400 percent they got the uh, no seams and the gnats and the mosquitoes going full speed for your, for your next finale. Which would you prefer? You could have stopped at Georgia in the summertime, and I'm going to go ahead and pick the snow and ice. And cold. <laughs> you, you didn't even have to add all the other stuff in. Yeah, I'd pick the cold over shooting Georgia in the summertime anytime. But the cold and the snow and the everything still? Everything. You, hey, look, you can only get so naked. You can put more clothes on to stay warm. It is true. I tend to get yelled at when it gets too hot. Yeah. Uh, God, I rather shoot in the in the summer in the heat. I hate being cold. I'm still cold from that from Sunday. <laughs> Me too. My bones are still cold. I'm still cold. Yeah. No, I'd rather shoot in hot, humid, uh, with the most mirage possible than than in the snow and have my hands freezing up my trigger finger freezing up, uh, then, uh, yeah, I, I hate, I hate being cold. And she lives in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I, and I, I live in, and I live in Pennsylvania. That where, doesn't uh, make much like sense. 30, it's like 30 degrees out and we're getting, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, four feet of snow this week. <laughs> what? What is four feet of snow? I don't even know what that is. No, not four feet. Four inches. Oh God. Um, it's, been, it's been a long. <laughs> you're yeah, still yeah, you're yeah. still traumatized I'm from still, this. I'm still traumatized. Yeah, yeah. Mark, what would you rather do? <sighs> Honestly, if I had to pick between. Uh, the finale or the heat, mosquitoes, all that. I honestly think I would pick being locked into a van with Swanee with two-day-old hot Miller Lot beer and molded sushi for a week. <laughs> do either one of those things. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> locked in a van with Swanee. With and, and old Miller Lot. You don't forget about the old Miller Lot. <laughs> no, the, the sushi is where I almost lost my dinner. 
<laughs> wow, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty severe, Mark. I don't know. <laughs> so, what is everybody's off-season plans for training and getting ready for 2021? Well, coyotes, there, there's no off-season plans. I'm not going to touch a precision rifle for at least two months. I'm just going to take a break from it. It's too easy to burn out. Uh, when you go hard and, and, you're, and you're ultra competitive, it's too easy to get burnt out, and uh, it's time for a break. So this is a good time for a break. It's, uh, we got snow. It's good coyote hunting weather. I'm going to hunt, and I'm going to work and hang out with the family all winter and maybe start trying to do something again in February. How about you, Mark? I don't know. Nothing. I'm going to do absolutely nothing. I'm going to drink cold Bud Light and warm bourbon and stay the hell away from Swanee. <laughs> you have a thing with Swanee, don't you? I and do. <laughs> and uh, Allison, how about you? Um, I'm going to try to continue practicing like dry firing, maybe not as much as I do during the season. But I'm still trying to continue getting behind my rifle. Uh, I'm shooting a match in 26, just a six, six stage, 60 rounds match, but I'm gonna continue shooting those um, at a local range, the uh, MKM Precision Nerf, it was called Rockland last year. So I'm gonna try to keep busy, at least on the shooting side, as much as I can. Then I'll start picking up matches again Two-day match, probably like February. Sweet. Are you shooting uh, the Christmas chaos? Did you say that? Yep. It's um, 26. As long as it's, oh, I it's not too cool. If I can recover from this match <laughs> from Sunday, I'm just, it might just look a little too cold. That's still too cold. Might might just stay home. Your dad cracked me up almost more than anybody else at the match because literally I would look over and Frank was quivering like he was shaking. He was so cold. Yeah, everyone's like, you guys should be used to this. You're from Pennsylvania. I'm like, no, <laughs> nope. It was snowing one week. I didn't go outside because I was on online school. I'm like, it's snowing. I'm just going to stay inside. I have no reason to go outside. <laughs> What was funny is he was giving your mom a hard time, like she wasn't going to be able to handle it. And she's like, I work outside. And then he's the one that was shaking. Yeah. It was funny. Do we have a live? We do from Keith Baker. Um, he said, Austin, with the Ford off, do you use full wind value for wind one? Does it seem to give an accurate prediction for elevation and high winds, referring to how it compensates for aerodynamic jump? Okay, so I, I, I'm not sure on that. I don't run the Ford off Kestrel. I run the Ford off app on my phone. Uh, the Kestrel I have is still applied ballistics. I, I know, um, I know Clay and Tate have ran the Ford off Kestrel. They'd probably be better to answer that question. Um, I know it was a little bit different on the wind one and wind two on it than it was applied ballistics, but I don't, I honestly have never ran it to know. The app, the app works good. You know, it's just one wind at a time. So if you want to put multiple winds, you just have to scroll over and put them in, but um, the app tracks good. Scott has another question. He wants to know if the price for the classes is going up now that you're the, the champion. 
I, I yeah, I don't know on that. That's uh, that's something we all have to get together. But we're not we're not looking at going up front. So. <laughs> hey, it might. You never know. You better hurry up and sign up before it goes up. Ooh, valid point. Valid point. <clears throat> all right. So, what's the match that everybody's looking forward to most for 2021? Mine's gonna be the Gap Grind because that's my favorite match ever. It's <clears throat> it was awesome being there as an amateur and having an awesome coach coach me the whole time. And then it was really awesome the next year to be able to come back and teach somebody else all the little tricks that I learned the year before. Let's go Allison first. Um, probably the uh, matches at the uh, MKM Precision. I think they're having two this year. It's my home range. And uh, Matt Steiner always does a really good job running – running those matches, especially the two-day matches. I think that they're pretty challenging and uh, very hev- heavily uh, positional stuff. So I'm pretty excited for those, especially because they're so close to home. Jen? I don't know. I haven't even looked at the schedule yet. <laughs> Austin? Uh, it's going to be the Hornady PRC. I've said the last two years that I wanted to go with work and family stuff, I hadn't been able to go the last two years. I'm already as soon as I see it on schedule, I'm going to put it in, and that's uh, that's going to be a go-to. And then, um, you know, Clay's matches—they're going to be 15 minutes from my house, so it's hard to not like those. Yeah, that makes any match substantially better. Like I'm, I'm so, even though it's just a regional match, I can't tell you how excited I am this year that I'm going to have four regional matches within two hours of my house. That's amazing. But yeah, fifteen minutes—that would be even more awesome. And Coop, I don't even want to hear your whole "I live at K and M" thing because that just—that just angers me. <laughs> All right, what what are you looking forward to most? Well, uh, I was actually going to say that I'm looking—I was going to say I'm looking forward to the uh, the Hornady PRC match myself. But now that Austin's gone, I'm probably going to bail on that one. Uh, <laughs> So hey, uh, I don't, he's probably not listening. Uh, Van Bertaccini keeps challenging me on that Hornady PRC. So I got, I got to go show him what's up. My man. Y'all have a showdown. <laughs> That'll be funny. It'll be fun. Is the whole schedule out yet? It does look like it's published. I was looking at it today. Um, it's, it's kind of hidden when you go to the PRS <laughs> website. Um, you scroll down to the bottom of the schedule and you get to the end of 2020 and then there's a little drop down there that says 2020 and you got to go to 2021, but it looks like a majority of it's there now. I'm sure it's not everything. There's probably going to be something last minute coming in. I don't think the finale was in there or the AG cup, but it, there was a ton of matches on there. Sweet. All right. Are there any other lives? Um, I believe that is all we have for the lives. Just a reminder to everybody um, to go check out the Shooter's Mindset Facebook page. Find that post. Um, like, comment, share. Like uh, JTAC Precision Rifle Training to be entered to win 50% off of a training class taught by a gold bullet holder himself and a bunch of other really good shooters as well. Two gold bullet holders. Oh, I was going to say, Clay got the golden bullet last year, so now it's two golden bullet. And how many uh, AG cups? Uh, yeah, three, technically. 
Yep. So yeah, some guys that really know how to shoot. Um, like I said, they had some, you know, really good shooters that have taken their classes and improved some people that were decent shooters that came away with trophies real shortly after. So definitely worth your time. Um, yeah. Yep. All right. Well, I think we can wind this down to shout outs. Greg, I'll let you start. <clears throat> All right, we'll start with GSL suppressors. Um, as soon as mine get uh, released from jail at Crackshot Pawn and Firearms, so you'll see them on both of my beautiful lime green rifles right here. Um, shooters and Sharpshooters of Augusta, our local indoor and outdoor ranges here in Augusta. PDC Custom for, again, the most beautiful rifle chassis known to man right here, <clears throat> available in lime green and normal human colors. Um, shooters World Powder. They actually like have powder and stuff, and like everyone's talking about this big old like, oh, I can't find powder anywhere. Powder is the only thing I could find right now. I can't find bullets or primers or twenty-two ammo, but I have I have powder. Um, and if you're local to us here in Augusta, they have pretty much everything they sell here at Shooters World or here at Shooters. Um, Vortec to keep your rifle nice and clean. Hunter's HD Gold because I'm blind and a bat, blind as a bat, and don't feel that way wearing their glasses. All right. Mark, what shout-outs you got? Uh, Shout-out, Swanee. You got to come back to me. I got to think of something. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to shout-out Swanee. Nah. <laughs> nah. All right, Allison, go. Um, Shout-out to all my sponsors. Uh, Short Action Customs, Vortex, MPA, Armageddon Gear, Hawk Hill, Swanee's Comp Gear, uh, Defiance, and Voodoo Gunworks. Uh, without their support, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. Um, shout out to my parents. Uh, they, I, I would definitely wouldn't be able to do what I do without them, without them allowing me to travel the way I do and shoot as much as I do. And uh, thank you, you guys, for having me on tonight. Thank you for coming on. I've had a lot of people that are like, you should get Allison on the show. And I'm like, you're obviously not a good fan because we've had her on the show. <laughs> Austin, how about you? All right, we got Impact Precision, uh, Tate's Treater, Wade Studeville. Uh, Studeville also chambers my rifles, does all the barrel work, foundation stocks, fix and any triggers, uh, proof research barrels. Um, be on the lookout for some products coming out from JTAC. Uh, I'm not going to give too much away there, but here in the near future, just uh, be on the lookout for some of that. Got to give a shout out to old P. Winky. He, he kept hitting me up before, so I got a shout out to him. Shout out to Derek Love. He was mad because I didn't mention him, so got to satisfy all those. Uh, shout out to Clay's Cartridge Company, Weebad, uh, Hawkins Precision, all those guys that, that you know support us and keep us going up and down the road. Uh, most of all, shout out to my wife. She stays home, takes care of the little monster whenever I have to go to matches. She even cleaned my reloading room while I was gone shooting the finale. Um, I got back and was like, you know, I can't find anything, but it's clean. So uh, that was a pretty big undertaking. I don't know how she even got it done in two days, but she did. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. If yours looks anything like mine. <laughs> uh, I can guarantee you it was worse because I had my stuff and about six other people's stuff in there because everybody comes over and uses my stuff or wants me to load for them. So there's stuff everywhere out there. That's crazy. All right, Mark, did you think of anything? 
I guess I better say the good stuff. I guess I'll say, um, you know, shout out to Hornady, Bushnell, GA Precision, of course. You can't leave those guys out. Uh, those A-tips are amazing. Of course, you know, they helped the guy win the, the Golden Bullet, so they work for somebody. Um, yeah. Shout out to uh, Armageddon Gear. They make great, great bags and stuff. Uh, shout out to Trojan. We're very grateful for everything that you do for us. Uh, who else can I think of? Ford. I'd like to thank Ford Motor Company. They got me there this weekend. Appreciate that. Uh, Jack Daniels, good people. Trump, we love you, son. We hope you stay around. Uh, Jennifer Aniston, my girl. I got to give a shout out to her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah. And for my shout outs today, I'm going to shout out some people that helped me get to the finale when I didn't think I was going to get there. Regina Milkovich, uh, Corey Adamski. Um, Sean Murphy, who let me shoot this beautiful rifle right here and helped me out with getting ammo and everything and getting there. Thank y'all all. Thank you to the ladies on Squad 13 and the three guys that put up with us all weekend. Um, we had a great squad with, you know, everybody was encouraging e to each other and helping each other out. And it was just, it was just a great experience the whole weekend, despite the weather being terrible. So, um, shout out to them and all the ladies of PRS that are, you know, we're growing. I think there were 13 women in the finale this year. If you count the juniors, you know, and everybody that was shooting, we had seven on our squad, but there were some junior ladies and uh, Lori was not on our squad. So I think, it, I think I counted 12, maybe it was 12, 12 or 13 females that were shooting. So I thought that was really cool to get to see that many shooting. So Shout out to them, and uh, that's all I'm going to do for shout outs tonight. Everybody don't want to hear all that. <laughs> so that is going to be a wrap for episode 321. We'll see y'all in two weeks because next week's Christmas, and I refuse to do a show. I'm going to spend time with family. <laughs>